My friends, it is well known that there are many different ways of looking at reality, of interpreting it. Let's take maybe, you know, three small examples. A rock falls, it drops, it hits the ground, and it ends up not moving at, at, at a certain place. It stops moving. Now, what's going on? We can say, well, the gravitational pull of the earth is grabbing the rock, pulling it towards its central mass, and once it gets to the, the, the closest center it can get to the earth, well, then it stops. <clears throat> well, there's another way of looking at it, that the nature of the rock is that the rock desires to rest. So the moment uh, a rock falls, it moves as quickly as it can out of love for itself to that place where it can finally stop moving and rest. And where the rock is resting, the rock is finally happy. Now, which one is a more true? Don't, don't answer that. <laughs> Let's look at water. What is water? Is water simply a chemical compound of H2O? Or is water that wonderful, gushy, wet substance that cleanses my body, that sates my thirst, and that brings me new life in baptism? Well, which is, which is the true interpretation? Let's talk about what is true about falling in love. Is falling in love simply a chemical reaction in your brain that causes all kinds of feelings in, in your body? Or is falling in love the beginning of a new life where you become certain that your desires are good, that you are not meant to be alone, and that God truly loves you? Which is the more true? Let's just imagine for a moment, uh, put yourself in this place. It's Valentine's Day, and you're in the store shopping for a, a Valentine's Day card for your beloved. Now, in the store, you, you discover this new section. It's called the non-sentimental, purely biological section. Okay. Now, you start going through these cards, and uh, you open up those fun cards, and it says... Uh, <laughs> Honey, the first time the light reflected off of your face and struck my retina, there was an explosion of chemicals in my synapses. The dopamine levels just rose and my thyroid glands began to pump as my heartbeat raced. And it was, it was then that I was sure that you and me were meant to complete the next link in the great evolutionary chain of our species. Would you ever give that card to someone you like? <laughs> I don't think they'll ever make those cards. Yeah. Now, what is true? What is true? The whole thing is, the whole chemical reaction, that whole thing is a part of it. And it's a true statement. The whole thing is, it's not the entire thing. It doesn't take into account all of the factors. And therefore, it's a limited view. Now, the whole, the whole fact of falling in love and the beginning of a new life and what that means for you and the other and what it means for your relationship with God and destiny is also true. But it also needs to take into account that there's chemical reactions going on. Because, of course, every time you fall in love, you're not meant to you know, chase after that person to establish a new life with that person. Especially if, for example, you're already married. <clears throat> or you're a priest. 
So when we look at life, we have to look at everything. But here becomes the question. When we're interpreting what the truth of reality is, a lot of this has to do with who are we listening to? With who do we trust? And this whole campaign of uh, penance that the church calls us to in Lent, especially with the fasting, the almsgiving, and the prayer, this is all an expression of that deep conversion that we're called to, which in the Gospels they call uh, metanoia, conversion, which means to change your mind. It's a new way of looking at reality. It's a new way of looking at all things. Here we can say, what is the reason that Jesus calls these apostles up to the mountain uh, to, trans to be transfigured in front of them? He wants them to see the truth of reality. That the truth of who we are is not simply as a purely uh, biological organism that's destined to die in the grave. But rather the truth of ourselves lies in the transfiguration, ultimately in the resurrection, that our destiny is an eternal destiny. And it can be so often uh, forgotten, this fact, especially with the scandal of the crucifixion that's going to happen soon after this moment of the transfiguration. Jesus wanted the apostles to have the surety of the truth of reality so that they wouldn't be scandalized by the suffering. The fact that in this moment of the transfiguration, we see from the promise that God made to Abraham, as we heard in the first reading, to the whole fulfillment of the old covenant that we see represented with Moses and the law, with Elijah for the prophets, that this man Christ is the fulfillment of all of God's promises, that being with him is the greatest and truest way. Now, for us who met Christ, uh, we can say these things, and we could even repeat things that said in the catechism. You could even repeat things that I have said, although you probably won't because it sounds so strange to your friends. The non-sentimental, purely biological section of the Hallmark store. Yeah. So what is the work that we have to do as Christians? The work is to verify the truth of what Christ says to us. The Father says, this is my beloved Son, listen to Him. So we listen to Him, and we listen to our hearts, and we do the work of discovering, is what Christ says about life true? What's the truest thing about water? Is it H? Who has had an experience of water where they discovered that it's H2O? It's the most abstract, alienating sort of view of reality that there possibly can be. The truth of reality is your experience of it. What is your experience of falling in love? Are you able to simply reduce it to a chemical reaction? And yet we live in a world that pushes us to reduce everything to those kinds of reactions. And most people in the world, they simply take this point of view for granted, the purely materialistic view. And they try to say, well, listen, you don't have to bring God or destiny or meaning into the equation because we can explain it enough purely by the natural sciences. And in this way, they try to flatten reality. They try to say it doesn't mean anything. It just is. And everything we do is just meant to survive. And yet, can the human heart truly breathe in a world that's purely materialistic? 
When I love somebody, is it okay that I accept that someday I will have to say goodbye to this person forever if life ends in the grave? Am I willing to accept this? And in this way, each of us is called to do this work of verifying by comparing everything to the heart. What truly makes me human? What truly allows me to breathe? And this being the whole path we're called to in this Lenten period can allow us to reach a maturity as a Christian community so that the difficulties of our life don't become scandals, but they become opportunities of verifying the truth of what we have met, of who we have met, so that we could truly come to that mature place of faith, that we could come to the fullness of that relationship in Christ, so we could truly begin to enjoy the freedom of the children of God and the great joy of the wonderful gift of this life that we are constantly being given.